2: Welcome to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast with me, your host, Emily Rose, where we take a subversive look at all the celebrity gossip you want and some you never knew you needed. We'll take a deep dive into the hidden meanings of what's really going on in the world of pop culture, because here we contain multitudes and read between the lines. Join me. How are you?
3: Um, I'm good. I had my birthday party yesterday and it was so fun. We went to the roller rink and took it over and I got to play my own playlist and just the vibe under the disco lights and our, like, it was so much fun. We were drinking champagne,
2: we were lolling. Um, so I'm riding high. That's incredible. And it's the day you deserve. And it's especially amazing because You live in an area where it's all DJs playing bleep bloop rain sounds, as you call it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And when you request a fun song, they're like, they look at you like, what are you talking about? Or they'll play a two second clip of a fun dancey song and then it'll immediately segue into bleep bloops.
3: Yeah. Jamie was like, can you play Azalea Banks? And the DJ was like, I don't know them. (laughs) I was like, I need to just like transcend to another dimension because something has gone wrong that I'm in this dimension
2: right now yeah it's exactly it's not even that they won't play your songs it's that they act like you are (laughs) some kind of flippant person for knowing any top 40s music from any period of time yeah past the 90s yeah there's a little there's a little song called 212
3: uh may have heard of it but I got to roller skate to delicate by Taylor Swift blasting on full volume. Like it's a memory. I'll never forget. I might go back next week. I might become like a rollerblader. Yeah. I should clarify. I wasn't on skates. I was rollerblading, whatever. I don't, I don't know the difference and I, well, one's harder and it's on four wheels and then inline skate, AKA rollerblading is a little easier. Well, they're
2: they're both terrifying to me so it's all the same
3: yeah it was so funny when I told you that that's what I was doing for my birthday and I you were like I uh that's I hope you have fun and I could just see you melting down imagining like how scared you would be to try
2: (laughs) I could barely talk thinking of an imaginary scenario where I lived in the same town and then Would have wanted to be at your birthday party, but wouldn't have been able to hold myself (laughs) upright. And I got so anxious at this hypothetical situation.
3: (laughs) Uh, Oh my gosh. Anyway, how are you?
2: I'm good. No follow up. (laughs) No follow up. um, No follow up except some follow ups from the listeners. We had a couple people support our possum dreams and are also in a hole of depression and possum desire <laughs> that sounds weird they want a possum <laughs> they want a possum too let's restart that they also oh, want like a-, a desire for friendship with a possum oh yeah oh my that's god that's it <laughs> I, d- I don't make the editing easy <laughs> for this <laughs> this pod yeah other people wanted a possum like us and that made me feel warm and fuzzy And I had, uh, I had someone write in and correct us about the Mormon episode, but they were so lovely about it. They were just like, Hey, I grew up in Utah. And by the way, everything that you're describing is specific to like Utah Mormon culture. And she's like, we know we're weird. And Mormons outside of Utah are like more normal, quote unquote. And also said that you can have caffeine, but you can't have tannins. So you can't have. Which is in coffee, tea, and alcohol. Yeah. So you can have caffeine, but you can't have, it's the tannins that they're against. So you can have
3: Coke. You can have like a can of Coke, but yeah. All right. And maybe a matcha. I don't know if that has tannins or not.
2: Yeah. It made me drift off into an imaginary world where everyone correcting us was that nice and respectful about it. And I was like, (laughs) wouldn't this be a beautiful world? (laughs) Wouldn't it just? Yeah. Rather than that. Well, um, this is laughable. Um, <laughs> or just go touch grass.
3: <laughs> like babe, I've touched more grass in my life than you potentially ever will with Listen, our hippie bare feet. If I'm
2: okay? not, if I'm not touching it. I'm smoking it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go touch grass is both extremely condescending. And at the same time, it's like, yeah, actually, I would rather be touching grass right now than having this interaction. So I guess you're right. I don't know. Maybe we all should.
3: Yeah. I mean, I I don't think I think you've touched enough grass in your life to never need to touch grass again and would still be okay. Like you have rolled and slept and swam and done touched every (laughs) (laughs)
2: rolled in the you're starting off with rolling like I don't know it paints a very vivid image (laughs) like I don't know if I've specifically rolled in the grass since I was a kid but uh I have sat in it (laughs) Uh, yeah you love sleeping outside I don't know I do love sleeping outside I sleep like a bebe yeah you'll sleep for literally
3: 14 15 hours I'm just like (laughs) hello, like on your tent, like, hi, maybe you could come out and join me. I'm so bored. I've already done everything I could do.
2: Yeah. I don't know if we told this story on the pod yet or not, but like (laughs) when we went camping and I was like, you will need to wake me up because I will sleep until 1 PM. If I'm sleeping outside, like I just... I go into some kind of like 100 year sleep mode. My body just is like, "Yes, we're we're at peace now." And and you were like, "Okay, sure." But then by noon you were like, "No, you weren't kidding like I you need to wake up. I I didn't sleep all night and I've been just Staring at the sun for like five hours. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you were like, We also had a mouse trying to crawl into the tent all night. And you didn't even stir.
3: <laughs>
2: the mouse was literally crawling 360
3: degrees around our tent. Like it was like uh, those people that like do the what is it in the circus where they're on a motorcycle and they're in like a cage? Oh, yeah. A cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was what the mouse was doing on the outside of the tent. And uh, my senses were at an all-time high alarm but anyway
2: my subconscious was treating it like a noise machine I was like little scritchy scratches yeah
3: little feet. vermin outside my <laughs> tent. I love yeah.
2: it yeah no you were like you did not stir you didn't turn nothing and you need to get up <laughs> and what was even more annoying was that Sid
3: was like guarding you so when I was like Emily <laughs> was like Murr. I was like oh f- fuck off not you too like it's time for her to wake up god damn it
2: he knows <laughs> he knows that I'm in the deepest REM sleep <laughs> and that I won't wake up when there's danger so <laughs> he has to be on high alert
3: oh my lord oh uh, my gosh anyway well um,
2: you're older and wiser now
3: um, I'm older and wiser oh Rio chased a bear yesterday and he went <gasps> right up to the bear barked in his face and then the bear like charged at him to like scare him (gasps) off we charged like how like you know they do like a bluff charge they'll just like run up a little bit and
2: then stop like a couple feet yeah oh my god
3: so he did that but for some
2: reason I was how old 11 okay for Um, new listeners this is an 11 year old poodle uh, (laughs) (laughs) that we're talking who tried to fight a bear
3: (laughs) he tried to fight a bear and like, for some reason, I was just so calm. I was just like, come on, come on back. Got him back on leash. And then we just continued our walk in the opposite direction with the group I was with. And then like, we passed a lady holding a soaking wet puppy. And she was like, oh yeah, that bear just slapped my puppy in the face.
2: Oh no. (laughs) The puppy was fine. He was wagging his tail. Oh (laughs) no. Oh my God. This bear is just like, can everyone just fuck off? Like anyone, (laughs) anyone who hasn't lived in a bear heavy area tends to think of bears as these incredibly dangerous animals that'll that are hunting humans but it's not the case usually they're just so cute and peaceful and they're just like oh my god this again like can you not can you give me my space I saw the funniest video of a bear
3: holding um I don't know what the flag is called on the golf course sorry tea whatever he was holding a pole and just like swinging on it like a stripper it's <laughs> kind of bending like with the bear's moat, it was so funny somebody and just come so get her
2: she's dancing like a strip wait the pole <laughs> is strong enough to hold up a bear
3: yeah but it was like bending like down kind of <laughs> so the bear was like hanging off it was really funny and actually you're a true tiktok creator because that person did sync it to somebody come get her
2: <laughs> well it's it's i am a true <laughs> talker but anytime there's an animal moving in any sort of like funny or excited way they always set it to that song and I yeah. always enjoy it oh same I was l- laughing out loud as uh they say yeah I had a bear once try to s- slap Sid because he was charged he was charging at the bear and there were two cubs and I was like this yeah. is this is bad but he- she missed and I was imagining she would have really harmed him if she had slapped him but if that puppy was fine then I guess they really are just chill. They're really just like,
3: uh, who knows? We're not bear experts, everyone. Okay. (laughs) Like we're not giving bear advice.
2: Uh, I think we are more of a bear expert than your average person. And I think we do actually have a lot of advice. If anyone is headed into the backcountry and needs some tips and tricks, hit us up.
3: Wow, that's fucking confident. I mean, basically, I'd say our main advice is like that we've we've survived. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes we make the bear bag and put it up in the
2: tree. Sometimes we don't. Oh yeah. Actually, maybe I'm not qualified. I'm like, whatever. I used to do the bear bag in the tree and then I was like, "Eh, it's fine. Just keep the food in the tent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So as I said, guys, we're not experts. So my, my piece of advice is to, if you're bringing bear spray with you to make sure that you're downwind of it, upwind of it, the the wind is not blowing it back to you but i don't know anyone who's ever actually used bear spray
3: yeah the uh, yeah the only time i've heard of it ever being successfully used is like when someone's being attacked by a grizzly bear like in Ye- yellowstone or whatever and that they literally it's their only life-saving
2: tool at that point so well you have to spray it from like three feet away so it yeah really the, is- exactly. the
3: bear has to be already chewing on your face like for you to get it in their eye and directly sprayed in but it, it it's the difference between you living or dying if you're in that situation yeah well or it can be <sighs> <sighs> sorry I honestly I don't know why no. it got so dark I
2: mean no like- I know well it's getting dark <laughs> because we're, we're getting into a really dark topic and it's a topic that I couldn't even address on the pod for a while but I think now that there's been a little bit of time, I do want to debrief about it because it's been such a big moment in time and such a horrifying circus for both of us. And I think a lot of the listeners too. And I think we need to unpack it. I think we need to talk talk about the trial and then also talk about what we think this means for us moving forward or the shockwaves of it.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like. I think it's important that we waited for the trial to be over, for the verdict to be in, for all the information to be on the table. And also because the verdict went the way it did and the jury found that Amber was held, to be held liable financially for the damage to Johnny's reputation, like that is going to affect our culture in so many ways. And it's such a slap in the face to victims. And it's, it's news. It's, it's incredibly important news, especially for women and victims of domestic violence.
2: Yeah. I think I was just so grossed out by, by the people that were like, can't wait to tune in for tomorrow. Oh my God, this is the most entertaining thing that's ever happened that I just couldn't even engage with it. And then once the verdict was brought forth, it was a horrible verdict, but I was relieved just that we didn't have to listen to people gleefully tuning in every day well yeah it's not it's not as sports teams like no but (laughs) i I just but that that is important to say because that has been this big thing is like are you team johnny or team amber why would that be something that you would even frame it as in a domestic violence case although actually the case is related to domestic violence but it's a defamation case which is (laughs) important for what we're talking about but either way it's not about there's no teams. But if I had to pick a side, I pick
3: Amber's side.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I am also more sympathetic to Amber, but I just, just even, I think that that terminology that that was so accepted and used, I think feeds into the circus. I understand what you're saying in the sense that
3: like, this isn't team Jennifer, team Angelina, like back in the day, this isn't like a joke. This is like something very serious that doesn't need to be reduced to teams, but yeah. The Justice for Johnny people um, are very outspoken, so.
2: They're very outspoken, and a lot of them are bots, and a lot of them are real people. And a lot of them are real people that have huge accounts and huge voices, and it's men and women. And I think I mentioned this on the Patreon when we were talking about it, but there's a pretty large... Creator uh, who is a registered, I'll say mental health practitioner, um, with a, a shit ton of followers who we followed each other. Anyway, I was I, I was thinking, oh, this might make a good podcast guest and then saw all these videos sympathetic to Johnny picking apart Amber's story, saying, Oh, this isn't how domestic violence victims speak. Obviously, she's lying. And anyone can tell that. And I was like, okay, never mind, cancel that draft of an email, you know?
3: Yeah. You know, I've con- been confronting the like inner misogynist in myself through this as well. Like, I think I've come a long way, but I have some like pretty painful memories of being in high school and having a male friend who was accused of rape by not one but two women one who took him to court and he said this is my ex-girlfriend you know she's really mad about the way I treated her and that I cheated on her and this is her way of getting back at me and like she'll say anything and and you know I was very very dumb I was 17 and I believed him I was like oh my gosh that's horrible like who would say such a thing like I can't believe this is happening to you And looking back, that's really cringe (laughs) for me because obviously these women were telling the truth.
2: Yeah, we all have those kind of skeletons in our closet just because of when you look at the rate of abuse and sexual assault, we're all friends either were or have or are currently friends with people who've done these acts. That just is a that's just a horrifying statistical reality. and. The other thing about it is that abusers are for the very most part, very charming and very compelling because Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't abuse someone if they don't want to spend any time with you in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then they're charming to the people around them. It's this whole thing, whether on their part, it's conscious or not, they are often a very magnetic person, which then lets them get away with that, with the person who's being abused and the people around them that are like, yeah, they would never do that. They've always been nice to me, et cetera. And also they're
3: very calculated with how slowly and gradually they introduce abuse. Um, Like you're not going to go on a date with someone who's going to knock you out on the first date. Like they pull you in, they have their ways of making you love them and then they'll slowly push and push and test and test. What will you put up with? What do you write off those kind of things until you build up to um, the kind of brutal abuse that that Amber Heard discusses in.
2: Yeah, it's fully a frog in boiling water. You know, it's it's fully like the, the water just gets slowly, slowly turned up. And it is one of those things, if you've never been in that situation, people all the time are like, well, why didn't you just leave? Why didn't you say anything? And it's like, <laughs> maybe from a hypothetical situation, if you aren't using any empathy and you're just looking at it, point blank. Like, well, no one's cap keeping you captive in their basement. Like, why don't you just leave? It's like the, the world doesn't work like that. We are all in shitty situations. Ones that don't even necessarily have to involve abuse. Like we've, we've all like had people in our lives that are just questionable for whatever reason. And you don't immediately dismiss them. The first time you see something questionable, you know? Absolutely. And as much as victims are
3: complex people with good qualities and bad qualities, so are abusers. Like they're going to have qualities that you love, that they could be the father of your kids. They could be helping your family out. They could be, there's a million reasons to stay financial love, hope that they'll get better. Um, and also many, uh, abuse victims are killed after they leave. Um so you could be fearing for your life. You could be basically held captive there.
2: Yeah. Um, I I know someone who's still dealing with that with an ex from many years ago where I've been like yeah. please get a restraining order and they're like I'm actually concerned that the death threats will be real. And Absolutely. And she they, has lots of reason like to yeah. to think that Yeah.
3: And restraining orders aren't effective tools at keeping at keeping victims safe. I wish they were better. I wish that police did more to keep victims safe
2: to protect victims. But it's not the case. Um, Yeah. And also we say this all the time, but hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And so if you know the if you know the perpetrators personally, if you have a relationship with them, whether you're Whether it's romantic, friendship, whatever, you tend to know their story. And it's like, oh, they've been through a lot. So, yeah, sometimes they'll be a little moody, but they would never do this. Like, you can create these stories about it Mm -hmm. because, because generally, I don't think you can become that way with nothing bad having happened to you in your life. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it's like, well, well, we've all dealt with our shit and we're all on good behavior. We, I mean, like you, me, and you know, yeah, people who aren't going out and abusing people in the world. Um,
3: I just also want to add another reason why people make excuses for their partner is addiction, and that features very heavily in this case where a partner may think, Okay, this person would never do this if they were sober, and if I can just get them to get sober or wait it out, it will get better. Like the belief that there will be another side like coming out the other side like they don't think this person's irredeemable so they stick it out for a long time
2: yeah and a lot of the same things that apply to abusers also apply to people in active addiction where it's like they have good qualities and also really really terrible qualities and are also both people that tend to be very charming to to finagle your way and and I say active addiction because it's when your mind is taken over by it. I'm not talking about people in recovery, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay. So the episode came to us and is centered around this article from the Substack of Michael Hobbs, who's also the co host of Maintenance Phase. I know a lot of you guys listen. It's a great podcast. Um, this is on his Substack. It's called The Bleak Spectacle of the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. Um the subheading is how a washed up celebrity men's rights activists and true crime stance convinced millions of Americans to buy into a conspiracy theory. And it is very detailed. I will link it in the episode description, but we're going to get into it and break it down and talk about our thoughts on it because it's very compelling and it makes a really strong case for Amber Heard and like why we are on her side and why we believe her. And it's also very much a tale that applies to so many people in this same situation. So many regular people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Kind of what he
3: argues so compellingly is that this story is so it's it's basically a cliche. It's so time worn. Like this is the exact behavior of an abuser. This is the exact behavior of a victim. There's nothing unique about her story of abuse, but what is unique is that her husband is a famous beloved actor that had power, money, and fans to like turn this against her basically.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I'm trying to, Control my anger so I can get my thoughts out without just like cursing my way like through this whole episode. But manipulators are really good at putting on an act. And I don't understand how people don't understand that these are literal actors, also, on top of that. And they're like, they're like, look, he's calm, he has clear conscious. I'm like, he is an actor. He literally does this for a living, he plays characters they have been through tons of media training before even this trial, but especially for this trial, every single detail was thought out. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. Um, That
3: Depp and Heard met in 2009 when they were filming a movie together. She was 23. He was 46, quite literally twice her age,
2: you know? And also the year is important too, because at the start of this article, they refer to them both as sort of B-list celebrities. And I think at this point before the trial started, that was true. But back in 2009, Johnny Depp was still in this Pirates of the Caribbean, really a bigger celebrity than he has been since all the shitty projects he's put out in the last 10 years. Absolutely. So So, very beloved. Yes. And he had so much
3: wealth power. He hadn't like started to piss away his millions yet. He was making big, yeah. Big budget movies, Um, big budget franchise money. Yes. So that was in 2009. They were both with other people, but three years after that, they split up with their partners and began dating. Um, An important fact I think is that Johnny was sober when they first met and as the relationship went on, he started drinking again, and then his behavior changed to what Amber often describes as like another person, where he would disappear for days at a time, completely flip his moods, call her a whore, um, started being really jealous and controlling about what roles she would audition for, and being like, "Is there a sex scene? You're you're just whoring yourself for roles." And when she would try, you know, say anything back, he would flip tables, throw glasses and punch the wall next to her head, which uh, something that disturbed me was that people on TikTok were saying like, oh, Amber made this up because it's similar to a scene from the Netflix show Made where a man throws a glass against the wall and then punches the wall next to the girl's head. Um, That's just a very
2: common escalating
3: abuser thing to do.
2: I wish I could, I wish an eye roll could have a sound (laughs) that I could put on this podcast because it's like, that's just like a scene where someone punched a wall and like every other idiot man getting mad and punching a wall. I've never seen that or heard of a person punching a wall next to someone. Yeah. Throwing
3: a glass, then punching a wall was what the the combo they thought was too outlandish for it to happen more than one time in a fictional show. Come on, I had a roommate that did that. (laughs) Like, yeah, I think we've all known the type of guys that do that. Maybe we'll just put an aside in the middle to say that, like, I know I'm going to use a lot of gendered language and this is a gender specific story, but abusers can be any gender. One thing that I do know is that I don't believe and many domestic violence experts don't believe that mutual abuse is a term that should be used because abuse involves one person having power over the other and exerting that power and control. And that can be monetary power. That can be like if one person has citizenship and holds another person hostage by threatening that. It can be sexual, physical violence. It can be
2: emotional and verbal violence. I don't think there's such thing as an unbiased opinion. And ours is as women in the world who don't have the best view of men. and Yeah.
3: Yeah. Our views are shaped by our experiences and our interactions with people who use physical and sexual violence are like the, the perpetrators have all been men. Right. And my personal experience.
2: Yeah. On that bias, I view people that have been defending Johnny Depp and idolizing him through this case, who are women? I view them as having internalized misogyny, but maybe their bias comes from the fact that they've known women who've been more abusive in in their life.
3: And I think what a lot of people reacted to negatively in Amber was hearing about um, that she would eventually like fight back with her words and try to like cut him down with like rude insults and things like that and people were, I I read some heartbreaking comments from people who were like my I'm reminded of my abuser when I hear how cruel Amber was to Johnny about his career or about his his addiction I I used to wish my abuser would hit me rather than use his words to tear me down anymore um for some people the emotional abuse you know takes a long time to heal from and but the, the context is so important. Who yeah. brought the violence into the relationship? Who yeah. brought the cruelty into the relationship?
2: Yeah, because going into recording this episode, I was reflecting on my own life and thinking about the abusive relationships that I've been in and thinking about what a psycho I acted like, like what a true fucking like bitch all the time To because I was just felt like a caged animal and felt so off and acted in ways that I'm just like feels unrecognizable to me not in terms of abuse but just like react so reactive not reacting to the actual abuse but then blowing up at little other things later because it's like all just pent up and then ultimately having that used against me which is what's happening to Amber and then I compare it to how I am now and it's like I'm in this like I'm in this loving relationship and I act exactly like I do around friends and family. I'm just am myself, but have completely not been myself in these situations. Yeah. You, you start to not recognize yourself. Yeah. You and, become- so, and so if people took those situations and then use that back at me or like, look, see how crazy you are. It's like, mm-hmm. that, yeah. would, that would kill me. Cause I've had that happen from the people that I've, in with unfortunately I wish it wasn't uh I wish it wasn't multiple situations but in those situations that has been the common denominator that I feel like I acted crazy and then had the person be like see look at how crazy you're acting this is why I had to act like this yeah and Amber's character
3: her moodiness was put on trial so much we had an ex-employee of hers say she was a bitch to her we had a man who worked for Johnny that was working on a plane with the two of them during an incident where they got into a horrible fight. He's testified that after Johnny, whatever he did to her and then stormed away, this guy went to Amber and said, Hey, you know, he loves you. Right. And then she said, don't fucking talk to me. How dare you talk to me? And he was like, I couldn't believe she spoke to me that way. She said, how dare you talk to me? What does she think? She's a queen. It's like, you literally just went up to her face defended her abuser to her immediately after an incident of abuse i would have told you to fuck the fuck
2: off too yeah oh totally also that part i think disgusted me the most actually i can't pick a moment that disgusted me the most but her moodiness being held up as an example of proof of her being an abuser um was really insulting um and also how accepted it was that there was this examination as to whether she had, whether she had borderline personality disorder. I was like, what the fucking? How insulting is that? Two people with actual borderline personality disorder, like, just that doesn't make you a monster. And no, also, they were trying
3: to brand her as difficult. And that expert had never seen Amber in a clinical setting, I believe.
2: Yeah, but I'm saying, like, the fact that it was like, well, let's prove that she was an abuser. Because we're trying, what if we can determine that she has BPD, then we, that adds to the evidence that she was an abuser. It's like, actually, what, oh, since when are mental health conditions just this total carte of like, oh, well, obviously those people are psycho abusive people, anyone with BPD? I'm like, what, what about all the people with BPD that are managing it and treating themselves? And also, that shouldn't, that, that shouldn't even be something that's brought into this.
3: No, I agree. I mean, I saw a TikTok that said it was just like a modern day attempt of like accusing her of hysteria, basically, like being like, oh, she's yeah. truly a crazy bitch. She she would do something like this. Um, there,
2: Well, there is a, that that is a whole other thing, too, is that BPD in general is treated as uh, there's a lot of talk about it being something that develops only as a trauma response and is kind of like this modern day hysteria of like writing off women who've been traumatized mm-hmm. And it's overdiagnosed too. I I've re- read some
3: interesting like anecdotes about women, especially beautiful women, who feel that they've been had that stamp put on them like way too quick and without proper due diligence. Oh, oh
2: my god! I actually just saw a video about that. One of my favorite creators, Peach PRC, who is uh, she's a singer and talks a lot about her mental health issues. She went to rehab and she was like, oh, they. <laughs> I thought I had BPD this whole time, but actually my therapists were all women at this rehab center. And they're like, no, actually you, you, have something completely different, but they were like, to be honest, some therapists who are old school, will see anyone coming in with like blue hair or pink hair and be like, Oh, BPD. <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> like if you're eccentric or alternative and beautiful and a woman BPD. Yeah. And totally. While while we're on this topic, last thing I'll say is that one of my closest friends has BPD and manages it amazingly and is a great person. So, anyway, I just don't. I think all of this and the way that it's framed is just writing off both women and people with mental health issues. Um, Okay, so the article goes on to say, the first time he hit her, she thought he was joking. Deb was drunk and maybe on cocaine and. Heard asked him what his Wino Forever tattoo said. The letters were muddled and she couldn't make them out. And basically it was this tattoo he got with when he was with Winona Ryder. And then he had it changed after they broke up to Wino Forever. And he thought it was laughable or he thought that she was mocking him by asking what that tattoo meant and slapped her and said, you think you're funny, bitch, in her words. He slapped her again and again and again and
3: again until she fell off the couch while he screamed, you think you're funny, bitch. And then he stormed off and then came back, burst into tears and apologized. And Amber says, I believed it. I believed there was a line he wouldn't cross again. So and then afterwards, after these like big blow ups, he would go into a period of usually sobriety for whether it be weeks or maybe months And she would call that after abuse period, the warm glow, which is very common with abuse stories where the abuser will do, uh, you know, make a big effort after an incident to pull you back in.
2: Yeah, I would say almost all of them do that. They're super, super loving in the beginning now called love bombing, which I say now because I that term has only really come into popular uh, language in the last couple of years They're super, super loving in the beginning and then super, super loving after they do shit. And that's how you stay in the cycle. Yes. Um,
3: So then we get to the second incident where Heard was going to film a movie and Depp was feeling very jealous because James Franco was going to be in this movie. And so he got really drunk and coked out before getting on a plane and he later in his own words in a text to fellow actor Paul Bettany described his behavior as being like quote an angry agro engine i n j u n like oh my god indian like in like yeah i guess he means like a racist word for indian
2: oh, and no. then he he's says, really covering his bases
3: yeah he's um, uh sorry an angry ag engine in a fucking blackout screaming obscenities and insulting any fuck who gets near he accused her of cheating followed her slapped her um, and then kicked her in the back um, when she got up to move away and then he passed out in the bathroom
2: yeah and this was the sort of beginning of many many instances that all followed this pattern of There was an external stressor, and then he blew up, and then he was going further and further down the path of drinking and drugs, and basically let it all out on Amber, and also was extremely jealous in the process and controlling, which is like textbook. Yep. And
3: because he had a lot of money, he was able to just write a check for trash hotel rooms or planes, pay people off. Most of the witnesses in the story were people who worked for him for years, bodyguards, assistants, pilots, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, they, they were they, covering
2: up his messy path. Yes, exactly. And um, and I bet some of them were paid on a retainer and maybe he wasn't even aware of all of their actions. Like I'm sure every celebrity knows that there's a team of people supporting them, but there might've been protocols in place that he didn't even know about, or maybe there was like, well, we've mm-hmm. got our salary. We know what to do when we see the hotel room looking like this. Cause that's, that's what he had a huge network of people around him doing. Enablers. Constantly. Enablers. Yeah. Yeah. And what the smoking gun was for me that
3: was included in the UK trial, but I believe was forced out of the U S trial. Um, is a text from one of his Johnny's assistants to Amber that said, I told him that he hit you and he started crying. He couldn't believe it. Um, Yeah.
2: And that's something really, really important for me. For me, the smoking gun is the entire UK case and the fact that that exists in the first place. And I think a lot of people were either misconstruing this, misunderstood this as a trial of proving whether someone was abusive or not. It wasn't, it was defamation, which relates to someone ruining your reputation and cutting off your income sources because they said bad things about you, um, which could doesn't have to relate to abuse at all, but that's all the defamation is. But we go back to the UK trial and he was proven to be abusive in many different situations And that's what Amber was writing about in the first place in an op-ed. And that's what he was saying ruined his reputation. And so the fact that people are like, see, she was abusive. It's like, this is a defamation trial. They are trying to say that she ruined his career. Yeah, that's what it
3: became. But I wonder, is something defamation if it's true? Like, that's what it all comes down to, right? Can it be definition if it's true? He's trying to prove that somehow she's she's lying or she's exaggerating, and therefore she had no right to call herself a public figure representing domestic abuse, which was all she said. She didn't name him in the op-ed. She didn't say, my husband beat me. She didn't say that. She just said she her name is now associated with being a victim of domestic abuse which it is.
2: <laughs> okay, so I don't want to put myself as an expert on this, but I am thinking about a, a while back, uh, I had someone basically saying to cover my butt and don't get sued because I was talking about Lou Taylor and they were like Lou Taylor sues people all the time. You're going to get sued if you talk about her. So I made this private story saying, "Hey, does anyone have any thoughts on this who are also creators?" And I had someone who's a lawyer reach out And I don't remember the exactly the particulars, but basically there's two different ways that someone can go after you in court. One of them is someone saying that you ruin their reputation. Another is that they did it with malice. Like they said, whether it's true or not, they said it with the intent of negatively affecting you and your public perception. So, and, and and so and so then obviously the fact of whether it was true or not comes into play but it's like yeah they' are two different things but they're both things that you could sue someone for but she was saying that she's like don't don't worry you're not gonna get sued like they have to literally prove that you had this many dollars before that person said something and now you have this many dollars and like that's yeah. one of the ways that it's negatively taken on and over your life. Johnny was well on his spiral
3: long before Amber's op-ed like so it's easy for him to prove like I used to be a winner now I'm a fucking loser because that's just the truth of his life but also it's such an assault on free speech to claim defamation when someone says doesn't even mention your name and just says an experience that they had or how they're perceived I am people in the public associate me with a domestic abuse case. The fact that that can be construed as defamation is so frightening. It's so chilling. It can be applied to so many different scenarios. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and it's like, not to mention the fact that along with all of this, he made so many shitty movies in the last 10 years. What did he make? That was a blockbuster success. Like I'm talking before the op-ed, but just I know. He's his career has been going down the tubes completely unrelated to this. He drank away millions
3: of dollars. He picked at least ten bad movies that were failures at the box office to star in. Like Amber Heard is not the person ruining his life. He ruined his life. And he took her down. With yeah. Him. Yeah. He he made his last like active abuse just destroying any chance
2: she ever had of having credibility, having an acting career. And then sitting there with this relaxed smile and speaking really slowly and having this, oh, I'm just this honest guy. Everything about his cadence, his posture, all of that was highlighted by podcasts I used to, I say used to listen to. They were like, look, he actually seems like kind of a fun guy to be around. I'm like, this is <laughs> this is probably the best acting job he's done considering all the shitty roles he's taken on but if you if you take so many other accounts into play not just Amber's words but people talking about him as a controlling drunk uh manipulative person long before he dated Amber Heard oof. let's talk about that let's talk yeah. about that okay yeah As early as 1989,
3: he was responding to rumors of onset tantrums, misbehavior, and egotism when filming 21 Jump Street. A 1998 article referred to his legendary temper. In 2000, um, two directors of his told Esquire that he had blown up on their sets. Um, One of them described him as a blood beast terror. His temper and drug use have long been cast as symbols of his rock star persona. He's attacked paparazzi trashed hotel rooms. Um, He's been... Or he still has to go to court to defend himself against a 2018 lawsuit filed by a crew member who says that Depp berated and punched him on the set of City of Lies. Ellen Barkin, who dated him in the late 90s, said he was controlling, jealous, and once threw a wine bottle across the room. Another one of his exes, Jennifer Gray, described him as crazy, jealous, and paranoid. Um Anonymous reports say that he paid his first wife an extra 1.25 million to not disclose a phone message in which he repeatedly used the N word. And yeah. that's not to mention his defense of Roman Polanski, his friendship with alleged abuser Marilyn Manson and him saying that the accusations against Harvey Weinstein were implausible because his wife wasn't some hairy backed bitch.
2: Yeah. So that's the company he keeps and if you took just this court case if you exhibit if you examined their behavior and the way that they just the way that they acted in this court case uh johnny depp would be the person that you'd want to have at a barbecue you know if you just looked at that and that's what people were f- so focused on they were like amber heard was making these faces and she was all over the place and johnny depp stayed cool and collected and it's like that is not at all what this is about why don't you look at If you don't want to believe Amber, which, okay, then believe all of these other accounts and believe the UK courts and his own text messages, people. His
3: own words that he admitted were his words were the most frightening things. Like, yeah. But there's parts where he's calling her a cow. There's parts where he's saying he wants to rape her dead body. Like,
2: yeah, this is like Army Hammer shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'll like calls her like an ugly cunt and like worthless hooker and fat ass. She said, put your
3: cigarettes out on someone else. And he said, like, fuck off fat ass or something.
2: Yeah. Another thing that people have used to defend him is saying, oh, he dated Winona Ryder and she said she had nothing bad to say. I'm like, oh, when he dated her, when she was underage, when she was 17. Are you talking about that? Because that that's someone that's in a relationship that we're going to hold up as look he's he's a lovely person to date
3: yeah oh here his text from early in the relationship with her referred to her as an idiot cow filthy whore worthless hooker one says i'll smack the ugly cunt around before i let her in don't worry she's a flappy fish market cum guzzling whore and scumbag gold digging cunt
2: Yeah. And these are really, this is really intense stuff. And like uh, the last thing I'll say about him, like to quote him in his words is an email that he wrote to Elton John of all people describing the mother of his children, not Amber Heard as the French extortionist ex cunt. And then, yeah, it's, so that's how he views women and he hangs out with people that allegedly torture women and are serial abusers of them and supports them. And yeah, he's, he supports Polanski who's admitted
3: to raping a 13 year old. And he has 10 other accusers,
2: uh, underage accusers of, of rape and you know, yeah, these are his friends. So I think about the men that have hurt me and it makes me wish that the purge was real so I could just go and freaking <laughs> take them out. That's how I Feel, or that's how I felt maybe before a lot of therapy. I guess now I know that that's it's not healthy to hold on to those things, but that's how I felt for much of my life. And so, all of this, like, oh, look at Amber being a moody bitch, and look (laughs) at what, how, aside from abuse, how many celebrities are billed as being rude to staff or rude? Rudeness to people does not abuse make, you know? No.
3: Absolutely not. And and one of the most triggering things is that he legally filed in Virginia that says that Amber's allegations are an elaborate hoax to generate positive publicity for Ms. Hurd and advance her career. Guys, this has been disproven so many times that coming forward and accusing someone of abuse or rape is going to help your career with positive publicity.
2: It does not do that. Well, okay? to all the to all the people saying that, um, because th- that always happens when someone comes forth. Slightly less now, but it still always happens. To I want to say who Nate. Show me one example of someone who has thrived and raked in the dough from from doing this, or look at what actually happens to these people, which is that for the rest of the, their life, when you Google them, the most traumatic thing that's happened to them comes up. People attack them. Um, men's rights activists send them death threats like that's really what happens and then maybe they get a bit of justice in this but or maybe not who who here can name three of bill cosby's accusers
3: who who can name uh five of the 50 or 60 accusers of harvey weinstein like these women don't become famous from this
2: no and the only time that you hear of people making money off this type of stuff is when people will pay them off to stay silent.
3: Mm -hmm. No one's
2: paying you once you've said something. Once you've said something, you have a target
3: on your head. Going public is a huge risk for victims. Yeah, Society loves to punish a victim. And that's what this is about. Telling victims, you better fucking watch out. There will be consequences. Don't speak up. Don't
2: ruin a man's career. We will bury you. Imagine if this happened to you. And like, then you have to see your abuser, like on your screen all constantly. It's like, that just fuels the flames of like how upset you'd be and like the salt in the wound that would always be there, you know? Absolutely.
3: And to further discredit the idea that she did this for money, they had no prenup. So she would have been entitled to millions in their divorce, regardless of whether or not she was abused. Doesn't matter. However, she dropped her claim for ongoing support and ended up taking significantly less than she was entitled to. She settled. She withdrew the abuse allegations, signed an NDA and co-signed a vague statement that the relationship had been volatile, but there was never an intent of physical or emotional harm. And then she disappeared for years around this topic and then All she did was put out an
2: op-ed. One of the things that's brought up the most often to discredit her is this whole donating the settlement money to charity. So this is a really famous thing that always gets thrown in her face. So she said that she would take any money that she gained from the UK trial and donate it. So Depp's lawyers have said she didn't donate it. What actually happened is that in 2016 after her divorce was finalized, she entered into an agreement with the ACLU to give them the full 3.5 million that she promised them. She promised half to them and half to the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. So she set up a payment plan over 10 years. She made the first payment and then delayed the rest because at that point, Johnny Depp started trying to sue her and began that process. And she had to... Pay lawyers. And in her words, she's had to spend $6 million on her legal defense, which let's say <laughs> you still think that she's lying ex- and exaggerating. Well, we all know lawyers are expensive. Johnny Depp's lawyers are going to be especially expensive. So to go up against him is going to be shockingly pricey. And it's been going on for years. So pr- her
3: mistake was that she said, I donated when she should have said, I pledged. And that would have made it an accurate statement. So
2: yeah, there's, and that brings me to another point, which is that there is so much picking apart her words and picking apart these little details and saying, she said she donated. Well, she pledged it. Okay. She made a plan but that she thought she could go through with before she got sued into oblivion. Okay. Like, Is that not enough for you that she set up that plan and then had to then didn't know that she'd have to later spend six million dollars on legal fees and also like she has money but like not endless money and another thing that that kept getting thrown in her face was things like um, the type of makeup she used to cover up her bruises so like she held up a concealer in court and said was talking about covering up her bruises with concealer she held up a certain type of concealer. All of these Johnny Depp defenders were like, look, this concealer didn't, what only came out in 2019. And how could she couldn't have used that brand because that brand didn't even have a concealer. How fucking stupid are you? She didn't say I use this specific concealer. I just used concealer and she was showing it as an example for people that don't understand how cover up makeup works. That and
3: it actually turned out to not even be true what Milani tweeted because someone was able to dig up a blog article written on Vogue or whatever about that palette from the years that
2: Amber said she used it. So, yeah, but it but like it doesn't whether you, or not exactly it's such but, a
3: silly, silly thing.
2: But she didn't say, like,
3: no, my, my, said my, my favorite
2: brand of concealer to cover up no. this is this, like, no, she said, look, like, because. As people who wear makeup, like you understand, of course, concealer works, but maybe some like old man in court doesn't understand that as well. So that's the, that was the point she was trying to make.
3: Yes. She has well-documented evidence of her injuries and the damage that he caused to their homes. She even had a video of him like trashing the house and like screaming and smashing bottles and pushing everything off and, um, She has pictures of herself with a bruised face. She has pictures from the day she filed the restraining order, Um, visible bruises, red marks on her face from him smashing a phone into her face. And he has lots of text messages to her saying my illness somehow crept up and grabbed me. I'm sorry for what I did or, or telling his sister. I pounded on Amber. I displayed ugly colors to her. And his sister says, stop drinking, stop Coke, stop pills. Numerous people describe seeing her with missing chunks of hair cuts. You know, she's got makeup artists, acting coaches, friends. Like, it's just so well documented, guys. Like, it is, these are facts.
2: Mm-hmm. The last kind of big topic around all of this that we'll discuss that's also in the article, but everyone knows this is that it was a jury trial, which, um, from many people's perspective. And our perspective is how Amber Heard lost this. So typically in a trial, when there's a jury, they're completely sequestered away. So they are not allowed to read the news. They, ha- If they know of this person or have any preconceived notions of them, they're not allowed to be a jury. That's like standard practice. That wasn't the case in this. Um, aside from the fact that Obviously, everyone knows who Johnny Depp is, if you're, unless you're living under a rock. Um, they weren't sheltered from the internet, um, so they were exposed to all of this crazy, sensational media coverage of this, and also had heard, I'm sure, about all of the goings on previously with the other trial that he was involved in, and a man was allowed to stay in the jury pool after revealing a text from his wife that read Amber is psychotic. Like, and that was found out before he even became a juror in the first place. And that was just one text was brought forth, uh, which you can't even substantiate other people's just bias that exists in their head. I'm wondering if the choice of him having a female lawyer was part of it. And part of like making his case, like look at this, look at this beautiful young lawyer who looks kind of like the type of person he's dated in the past and who's sassy and smart and he's, she's on his side. And there was so, so much content around them, like, like allegedly flirting with each other in court. And Oh, and people, I saw people that got tattoos of her. Yeah. I mean, that was probably the number one
3: requirement for his lawyer that it be a woman because he's going to be conscious of the optics of an old white man screaming and slut shaming a young crying girl on the stand. He needed a strong woman to break Amber down and make her look like a little girl compared to a professional adult woman.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the whole spin of his lawyer. It was like, look at this like whippersnapper babe of a lawyer. It's like, imagine if he had a lawyer that looked like his uh, creepy old friend, Marilyn Manson. (laughs) like and was saying all the same things well how would we view them but that just wouldn't would never have happened and it's ironic because often in the workplace women are discredited in roles of being like lawyers doctors whatever like the more kind of young and beautiful you are the more women tend to be discredited that are like in in those sort of professions but in this case it was fully it was an optical choice
3: Absolutely. And the U S justice system is notoriously cruel to victims. It's misogynistic. It loves to blame the victim, punish the victim in rape cases. They're still asking, what were you wearing? What were you doing? Had you done drugs before that night? Did you enjoy doing drugs? Do you enjoy having sex acting like you, you asked for it. And Amber did describe being raped uh, by Johnny in this trial as well, that he, you know, raped her with a bottle while he was choking her and and saying, I'll fucking kill you, bitch. Um, And people are saying that she mutually abused him because she hit him on different occasions. Um, But the context that she describes is that she was defending herself directly in the moment. And the one time I believe she punched him with a closed fist was when he attacked her sister physically. And she said, don't fucking touch my sister. And I think we can,
2: all relate like yeah yeah that
3: would push you to your absolute breaking point
2: yeah i mean you don't you don't need to look like the only evidence you need to see how broken the judicial system is i guess everywhere but especially the states is like look at how many cops have killed people in broad daylight with hundreds of witnesses and they're they get a tap on the wrist how many of them are in jail like, the, the, like one or two a, dr- a drop in the ocean compared yeah. to the people that are the cops that are out killing people every day so that is that is a very clear-cut case it's like you killed someone you killed like an unarmed child everyone knows it no justice all of this is a different type of thing that's more nuanced and you can't prove it necessarily because there aren't going to be hundreds of witnesses around for all this. It's extremely hard to prove. He said, she said cases of
3: rape or abuse behind closed doors when there are no witnesses other than the two people involved. And Amber actually did have witnesses, did have physical evidence, did have texts and hangers on that saw things and more evidence than many victims will ever have. And she still is ridiculed, humiliated and shunned from society. And meanwhile, Johnny Depp before the verdict was even in, in this trial was playing a live show with his little rock band. And he has already started pre-production on a new movie. And we're, we're not going to
2: see Amber again in in an acting role. Like, no, because women that get quote canceled, get held up to such a higher standard. They get punished for so much longer. Um, And what is she going to do now? How is she going to make money now? Like she is known and hated her face is known all over the world. She can't go work yeah and 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 it's like in moments like this that um, I've always really appreciated just the crusade that Taylor Swift went on. Taylor Swift fought a six- year legal battle um, because someone, like assaulted her like they squeezed her bare ass like but she but she said that she did it because she was like this happened in a crowded room full of people there was a literal photograph of this moment happening and so if I if if I can't can barely get justice and have to go through all this like then imagine every other situation where like that's so rare and so that was
3: another defamation case
2: yeah he yeah. sued
3: her for him yeah. losing his job and her affecting his reputation by simply telling the truth of what he did to her. So it's very
2: comparable situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. That That is a good point that her whole legal battle was her counter suing him and her deciding to go into it because it's like, no, bitch, like you're not, she didn't even want to go after him in the first place. Like she no. told, she told her team about this and was like, this happened, it's really fucked up. And then they mentioned it and then he lost his, income because of this he got fired because of this um because of this thing that was literally because this man thought he could honk taylor swift's bare ass in a photo with a photo of this happening the audacity yeah and then was like you ruined my reputation and she's like actually like actually no like and then and then i admire her so much for sticking out this this six years of a legal battle to get her $1, like her symbolic $1 of like a victory. Absolutely.
3: Over one ass slap that she would have never wanted to talk about or bother herself with thinking about again, once she just said "Uh, your employee at this radio station is a creep. He grabbed my ass. And then they're like, "Ew, okay. He's fired. She doesn't want to think about it after that moment, but she had to for six years. And, and Amber has had to for like 12 years and, and she's going to have to try to appeal this case. like, she will he will never let his claws out of her.
2: Like no. he's trying to fucking drink her soul like a dementor. She's gonna have the worst period of her life shoved into her face every single day of the rest of her life. She's yeah, she's gonna have people laughing at her, literal rape and
3: beatings, laughing in her face for her life. Yeah. <sighs> Such a heavy <sighs> topic, but like I, I I think it's important that we speak up for what we actually believe and go on the record about defending her because this is such a dark time right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's something that we feel really strongly about obviously and requires a lot of explaining because of how much the court of public opinion thinks otherwise. And I will say, so we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the Patreon. And I was saying, look, I can't handle all of these pro Johnny Depp worship accounts that I'm seeing. I feel like I'm going crazy. um, And I don't even want to talk about it in public because I don't want people attacking me. And I only had the courage to speak about this publicly because of all the people in the Patreon group who were like, thank you for saying this. I feel the same way. I'm so shocked. I can't believe that this is all I'm hearing and I haven't heard anything otherwise. And I, that even, even for me, this isn't my story, but even when I talk about these heavy things, that's why I don't a lot of the time because I, well, first of all, because I like to treat this podcast more of like a refuge for like fun and just taking your mind off of things. But also because I'm so sensitive and when I talk about serious things, then it starts a conversation and someone might listen to this like months later and then want to write a very long message about it. And I'm like, uh, not able to have these like ongoing conversations all the time in an open-ended way about these horrific things. So even I didn't even want to put myself out there and have myself attached to this, but like, I did feel emboldened by like other people saying that they were equally as horrified by the circus of it. And so here we are saying something that I think is important for us to say. Yeah. And young people are listening. Young
3: people are watching, like maybe not us, but this no. topic in culture and they're hearing the messages that are coming down to them and, they can't just hear people saying like TikTok videos where they're like in a room full of guides, but I feel safe. And the number one is Johnny Depp. This is not a safe person. This is not normal interaction. This is not who we defend.
2: This is not okay. Yeah. The fallback is always, oh, they're just trying to get something out of this. Like, well, not too many people come out of these things with stronger careers and money. There's other ways to like, get your bag. Like you're better off not saying anything and having a good squeaky clean image and getting brand deals and like movie roles. That's when you'll actually make more money. Absolutely. Like and
3: that's why many people take the first payout that comes from the Weinstein lawyers, you know. They're like, "I'm happy to never talk about this again and bury this story." And, "Yeah, you do owe me money for the trauma you've put me through. So here, fucking give me some therapy money and get the fuck out of my life."
2: Yeah. And the first woman who came forth to talk about the payout that she got from Weinstein said that, yeah, that's why she took it. Cause she was like, well, I don't want to be dragged into this. I don't want my name to be attached to this. Like, fine, I'll take your money. And then took the money. And she said she fell into like the deepest spiral depression, like she could be in for years and was like, I have half a million dollars now, but it feels so wrong. And I don't even want to spend it. Yeah. It's tainted. Like, mm. ugh. I know there's there's no look, there's no
3: happy ending once you're victimized, like other than your own strength and digging yourself out. But like, there's no satisfying like justice in our world
2: currently for abusers. No. And there was an opening up of the conversation of justice around the start of the Me Too movement. And a lot of people are saying that this is the beginning of the reversal of the me too movement or maybe not reversal is the wrong word but Mm -hmm. like the backlash and going backwards of it because even if we make progress as a society it can be two steps forward 10 steps back one Mm -hmm. step forward one step back like there's no linear process to it and things like this can set us back like so far and Yes. This case is a huge precedent and we're already
3: seeing other cases inspired by it. And I just saw yesterday that Kyle Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse, Brad Pitt is, is joining the chat. He was going to come after Angelina over some property and saying she's defamed him by leaking
2: stories to the press. Like yeah. Over their fucking wine business, uh, vineyard sales. Yeah. And it, it makes its way into the collective consciousness. That's the thing. Everyone moving forward, everyone in the world basically who has an internet connection has heard about this case. And every victim and perpetrator of ab- abuse, and every judge, lawyer, whatever, everyone's heard of this. And it's in your subconscious, whether <laughs> it's either in your conscious mind or in your subconscious moving forward. And so it's tainting the way that you're going to treat future situations uh yeah like like you know we we talk
3: about our own abuse a bit in this episode and like when when something happened to me I never once considered going to the police because I knew I wouldn't be believed I didn't have any evidence and if like if I had considered it for one second I would now consider it for zero seconds No, seeing how Amber was treated in this case.
2: Oh you know? yeah. Oh yeah. I respect so much people that come forward and, and seek out justice, but same. I, I, the fuck. No, I would never have come forward. Like, because, because I don't want to fucking, first of all, not talk about like, forget public stage I don't even want to be vulnerable to one single cop like I don't want to talk no, to because some... they can't be
3: trusted they're not safe people with no with your I don't story want
2: to, I want to talk to some random fucking man who's a cop about this I don't want to talk to one single person let alone have to then go into years no no no, no, no. I'm gonna um I'm gonna do witchcraft on them <laughs> I'm gonna wish them not well bitch <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna like hope I'm going to like hope and pray that karma takes care of it. And like, that's it. Yeah. So. I know. You know. I know. And it's just, it's
3: just a shame when people are brave enough to speak out publicly and to see the way they're treated. And for the
2: people that have chosen to listen to this episode, like, you know, this is, this is something that was important to us. This is not typical for us, but thanks for being with us for what we had to say and if you've been listening for even one episode other than this you know that this is not our usual stuff we'll be back to like regular scheduled programming after this but thanks for listening to us and hearing us out and if you have if you have feedback um, or against whatever I would just say like let's just try to keep this respectful and that's it thanks guys to say. Love you guys. Yeah. Love you
0: guys. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.